Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, bald men are sexy. <laughs> Amen. Have a seat, have a seat. Now you're kind of, that sort of sent the benchmark of where we're going to go, hey. So, uh, so good to be with you this morning, with your wonderful, you know, your team and your, you know, to see Pastor Errol here. It's really good, you know, when you, you, you go to a, you get invited back. Who knows that's a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we just just to fill you so yeah my wife and I so we've been uh, on the central coast if you don't know that's between Sydney and Newcastle that's where I'm sort of in a place called Avoca Beach which is um it's quite a miracle actually because that's where all the wealthy people of Sydney all have their <laughs> that's where they all have their holiday mansions and so it's kind of like really cool. So when people ask Susie and I, like, you know the area, where do you live? And they go, oh, we live at Avoca Beach. And they go, what? Because it's like living in, like, Maui or living, do you know what I mean? But so years ago, I bought the cheapest house in the best area. <laughs> Someone needs to hear that. Are you hearing me? I, I'm just... I, let me give you a testimony. I had a, was ministering to a bunch of, uh, and it's kind of weird my world. Like I did 87 flights last year, so we're still. Oh no! Wow, crazy! Hey, who thinks who thinks flying is sexy? Yeah, wait till you do 80 something flights and and all of that. Which is, I'm thankful for the doors that God continues to open. So, so we do have a church. Um, and I'm praise God I have such a called wife who really is the senior pastor of that. Um, and I do my thing. So I, so just to let you know, so I have a church and then I have a whole bunch of senior pastors that I kind of mentor, lead, speak into their life and their team. And there's about 70 of those. And then there's about, then, then because of that, working with them, guys on their boards, church boards, business guys, interacting with them they were like oh can you work with us and now I've probably got about 36 companies some of those international that I work with so uh, during COVID I got to disciple about I think it was 36 doctors because one of my clients is a medical facility isn't that amazing and three of those are Muslims and in one of the workshops that I was doing with them the, the backslid. Here's this head interesting. See, I'm like, I'm not really. I'm. I grew up Muslim in Iran, but now I'm not really a practicing. So, so, you, so you're backslidden Muslim. So, yeah. But he was the first one to prophesy. Isn't God hello? I don't know why that goes with your theology. <laughs> so that's kind of what my, my world. That's what I do. And of course, it's the prophetic and all of those. And then a testimony of that. See, so kind of give for those. If there's a third of you, so that's where that's Mars's world. I'm not saying that that's an, I'm not saying that I typical. It's just that I've learnt my zone and my and my thing, and I'm going to unpack a little bit of that for many of you. And I think what I'm believing for is that you're going to find this new freedom for your ministry in your church that has never been there before. I feel like I've got an assignment this morning to remove frustration. 
Amen. So who, who would like to be not ever frustrated again? Amen. That means you're going to be pretty crazy. Do you know what that looks like? Do you know what? Because it's like I always say to pastors, like, joyful you is the real you. Come on. And some of you really haven't met you for a long time. <laughs> you know, like, that's really what born again you looks like. Joyful you. Amen. Just have a little practice, have a little warm-up, maybe, you know, because you've probably been backslidden from being saved for a long time. And you need, like, just turn to your neighbor and just smile at him, Pastor Errol. Just, yeah, you can do it. There you are. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. So I'm believing, and I felt this even when I was in the worship, which was absolutely amazing. Thank you, team. Um, is that I was ministering, uh, that's where I went to, I was ministering to uh, a church team and then the Lord really like I started prophesy over people which will happen and I had this word for these these people that they're going to get a house and who knows that you know sometimes you have words for people and some of you who move in this will understand they just sit there and go oh yeah in your dreams you know like that was you know maybe Muzz you've just come from a really crazy you know revival meeting you're a bit excited <laughs> and you've got one of those you know you, you, you're doing that well I got a testimony last week that guess what they bought a house <laughs> that even his wife sat there okay some of you all don't want a house you know who needs a house if few of you need a house hey well let's just go for it hey the the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy hey you know what I mean some of you even need another house Okay, some of you. <laughs> you know, there's a housing shortage in our country. Do you know that? And there are people renting houses to people who can't afford it. We, wouldn't it be awesome if we started buy houses to just help people? Ta-da! <laughs> so, Father, how about if you need a home? Maybe, okay, if you don't own one yet, just stand your feet. Let's buy you a house. Amen. Father, I just thank you for houses. In Jesus' name. Father, where loans haven't been available, where whatever that is, whatever the, whatever, it's like a paperwork thing or even the faith to do it, Father, I pray right now that, Lord, that you would bring homes to people in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, who, knows, who felt God in that? We haven't even got started yet. That's just the intro. Sit down, sit down, have a seat. And of course, if you want another house, go for it. Amen. See, I want to share with you something and, and kind of um, is this, you know, um, who, who knows about 150 years ago, there was no cars. Who actually was, I don't know if anybody was around here when there was, were you in here? Oh, no. Remember those days, you know. Um, and it was quite interesting because um, I'm from a farm in Coonabarabran. And, but my grandfather was a horse person. Haymans were kind of a, a deal in the central of New South Wales. Like it was like a brand, like a Hayman horse that had been broken in by my uncle, my, by my grandfather and his brothers. 
And, but it was funny, when we were on the farm, there was no horses because the tractor had been invented and the motorcycle and all those sort of things. And it, it's quite amazing how um, you, how these, all of a sudden this upgrade happens. Who knows that, and it's been said, it's not a new thing, but I want to sort of help you understand it. Who knows that God's doing a new thing in the church? Who knows that in the last two years it's just been weird as we're trying to figure out what's going on, that people, people are kind of part of us, but they only come once a month, or they come every three weeks. But if you ask them, they're fine, but it's just life is different. Yeah, yeah. So true. Like I've got a few guys in my church that haven't, they don't even have a, a, a workplace anymore because everybody started working from home. And now the owners of their companies have literally sold their office space and now rent, even an architect in my church, he says, our firm, we actually now lease our building to a construction company, which was a client of ours, and we just hire their boardroom, uh, maybe once a week or something, get the team together or clients. We just don't, we're not on site anymore. Do you know what I mean? I've got a guy who, was, who actually in my church is, he helped... Um, roll out JobKeeper during COVID. I know. When you look at him, he looks like 14. He's like one of those guys that's like, Matt, you know, it's like, is this, are you, you, you can drive a car, Matt. you like got a license, you know. It's like, it's, they look like they're kids, you know. And, um, but, you know, I started to talk to him um, about, anyway, I, I don't want to sound, I just know that if you're, if I, I know part of what I do is connect you with what God wants for you. I think that's what I kind of do, hey. And so this guy could lead. And I said to him, you need to leverage because you're a leader. And so he's working in the taxation department. So he, he, he all of a sudden had to train and get a team up from zero to 360 people in the, in the Australian government. Imagine trying to just get that moving. And then get everybody paid and figure out how to do that. So I said, really? And so, but now I said, you need to like, mate, what's going on? So he made a few inquiries. And anyway, short thing is now, so he was always going to the office, but now he has a job where he's the project manager for a computer company that writes programming for the people who create games online. So the, the cutting edge of technology don't have a building, an international multi-million dollar company, no building. <coughs> Yet creates something. Are you hearing me? See, 150 years ago, you know, maybe even 100 years ago in some communities, the horse was the go. And then they invented the car. And everything sort of changed because like Henry Ford, he then really changed it because he, he actually made the, the automobile, as it was called back in those days, affordable to the average family. So now this crazy technology, like it's all of it, like you have a computer in your back pocket now. Is that true? It's like, it's nuts what God is doing, okay? And now it's all different. Like now, you know, you probably, some of you go to work and no one, no one sits with a, you know, a box 
with a keyboard, everybody, just everybody brings their laptop. You notice that to meetings. It's like, no, all of that is even changing, you know. I can't wait. I'll tell you what, now we'll be screwing those things just to the wall and there'll be no wires connected to them. You know, it'll just be very weird. And, but what's happening is, quick answer that, the computer is going, oh, it's past the Tony. Ah, the woman you gave me. <laughs> but see, the big problem was when the, when the, when the, the car became available. Now, you're going to understand, like, they were selling the T-Model Ford, which guess what? Had, that's where the whole terminology horsepower came in. Because it was a language of like, like, do you understand that this, so Mr. and Mrs. Jones would come into the showroom at Ford and there would be this wagon wheeled thing that actually had 14 horsepower. That's where that, because they had to make the leap. How do you explain what this, what this thing can do and what it's like, how powerful it is? Like it's crazy now, like now you look at the horsepower, like even my motorcycle is 130 horsepower. I know, Harley Davidson, man. I know, what's BMW, like 16 horsepower or something like that? <laughs> you could pull, yeah, I could pull a caravan with my motorcycle. <laughs> let me see, let me see you do that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> do you know what I mean, like the upgrade? Do you understand the upgrade that we're getting now in the church? Now, what's going on is part of the whole uncomfortableness is if... A, who, who's been to Paris or London? Oh, wow, look, wow, all you rich people, all you globetrotters. You've been to Paris. <laughs> oh, you've been to London? Who knows that the traffic in those places is horrendous, gridlock? Because they were originally made for people, people on foot and people on horseback. And, you know, with a horse, even, even today, police will do that in a crowd because a horse can walk through a crowd, intimidatingly, of course. But you know what I mean? It can kind of weave. It's like birds, you know. There's that. But a, a box on wheels, if you've got to see places like, um, like our cities, particularly if you look at Melbourne, if you look at Los Angeles, you look at some of those places, they're built for cars. See, originally what happened when, if you bought, if you bought a car, you couldn't go much further than the outskirts of a city. You might be able to drive a T-Model Ford for maybe, maybe 50k. Because once you got out there, there's vets, <laughs> there's blacksmiths, there's stables. No petrol station, no mechanics. Are you hearing me? And see, this is what's going on in the church right now is this, this upgrade happening, but the infrastructure and the understanding of how does this work and are we using all the power that's available is clunky. That's why we keep hearing, you know, you keep hearing people say revival. And when you talk to those people about revival, everybody has a completely different definition of what that is. Okay? And I get that because it's, Horsepower. Okay, it's, we're understanding. But when you say 
130 horsepower, it's like, what? What? Do you mean it's like having 130 horses hooked up? Wouldn't they all trip out? Like, how does that? Do you know what I mean? What? <laughs> is revival when everybody is, you know, flapping around on the fish, like fish on the floor, laughing and doing anything? Amen. It could be. Or is it just that, you know, everybody that you pray for gets healed? Is it everybody that you witness to gets saved? Yeah. Is it that worship goes on extendedly from like as we've started to see in the Western world for hours, if not days? That prayer all of a sudden ignites in a church and that then you can't shut the doors because people want to just keep on and prayer. Is it revival? Yes. Yes. It's like this. We all have to, and some of you, someone needs to hear this. We all need to have our definition of success. Are you hearing me? My, that's, why I, that's why in the context of what I do, so like the five different things that I do, only, it's, it's only, I have to, I have, and I do, and I'm not going to give it to you, I have my definition of success when I'm doing that. But my definition is not your definition. Do you know what I mean? You might be doing, like, you know, you might have a, like, sounds silly, but my church is kind of my side hustle. (laughs) Whereas everybody else has been trying to do a side hustle and do church. And if that's success for you, you need to do that, Ross. You need to do that, Ross. If that's the main thing, do you know what I mean? Are you hearing me? My church, they know I love them, will do whatever it takes to be there for them, but they understand... Because we have the same definition of what that is. Are you hearing me? So part of what that is, even I want to set that chain reaction off in you, that you start with Jesus to work on what's your definition of success. Come on. It can't be what, it can't be what you know, uh, some of the bigger churches that can't. We've been measuring ourselves against that. And who knows that God is kind of, Click that. <laughs> kind of made that kind of like, oh, oh, oh. I had a testimony when, you know, some stuff at a fairly famous church in our country when all their fun stuff started. Or not started, just became public. <laughs> oh, okay. You're intense. <laughs> mm. I just think, I just think, People are hilarious, you know, like you are, you know, like you're funny. You might not think you're funny, but we all think you're very funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go there. It's like I'm not. Is, is this, is, is, you know, I had, I had pastors ring because of my work, like pastors that were angry, angry because they were burning out people and they'd come to me to be ministered to because they were drinking and were taking sleeping tablets only to find out that, and they were feeling bad for doing all of that only to, and, and were told that this other places were doing it and were getting massive success only to find out that, oh, they had the same problems 
as us, but their success, whatever that is, mastered. Are you hearing me? So why try? And he's like, well, and I said, well, here we go. So what, what, you know, you, you model yourself on that and find out, yeah, you did. And you got all the stuff with it, but you didn't have the success because you use their definition of success, wow. not yours. Yeah. Come on. That's good. Someone needs to hear this. <laughs> Nudging both neighbors, you needed that. <laughs> so, why don't you turn in our Bibles? I want you to, let's go to John 5, John chapter 5, and of course this is the story of Jesus healing a, a man by a pool, remember that, the pool of, of uh, Bethsaida, let me just read, I just want to sort of I will read it. I could paraphrase it, but I'll just quickly read it for all the religious people. So John 5, verse 1. After there was a feast of the Jews, and Jerusalem went, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem was a sheep gate. By the sheep gate, a pool, which was called in Hebrew Bethsaida, having five porches, underline that, and then these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the water to move. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water, and when whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease they had. Now a certain man had been in, that had that infirmity for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that he'd already been there in that condition for a long time, said to him, "Do you want to be made well?" And the sick man said to him, "Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool." when the water is stirred up. But when I am coming, another steps in before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Let me tell you something. Who, who's the, that's an amazing story, hey? Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's good. But I just want to pull the parallel. Let me tell you something. The church has been like that. The church has been like the pool of Bethsaida. With gathered people, and we hope that under the right conditions, there'll be a stirring of the water and we'll have a move of God, you know, and the angels will visit, amen. And, you know, someone might get a touch. It could be very random. And, you know, they have to posture themselves correctly. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I don't care where you are. If you're in this room, you're in, you're, I've already got you. <laughs> Too late. If you're going to come to skeptical and be judgmental, go for it. Amen. Because I got gotcha. you. Is this, is that we've been gathering people. We've been gathering people around a pool. But the problem is that there's five colonnades full of cripples. And five, for all you Bible scholars would know that, five is grace. But let me say this. There's another thing in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 4, the fivefold. And believe me, we haven't. And it's been a struggle for probably 
decades, decades, maybe even a century, maybe since the car was invented, where we could gather people really easily. People could cover vast distances to come to a pool and sit there and wait for the stirring of the waters. And we call that revival. Amen. Someone will get healed. Someone will get saved. But see, the problem is with that is that there's this, it creates, it creates, and we've heard this before, it's, it, we've, we've made disciples into consumers. Have you heard that said? Who's heard that said? Who is one? I'm one. You know, we sit there and we judge and we go, oh, I don't like that. I do like that. I wish this is too, it's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. <laughs> it's too loud in here. It's too unruffled. You know, it's, you know, there's, there's too many old people. There's too many young people. You know what I mean? We've become consumers. Oh, I like that. You know, I like teaching. No, I like the prophetic. No, I like... You know, there's no pastoral care here. You know, we've become... But none of us participate in actually becoming the answer. We're we're, we're consumers, not contributors. Is that true? And that's not not a new thing, but that's, that's the biggest frustration amongst pastors. Now, the pool works if you're pastoral, let me say that. Because you're quite happy to gather people and make them happy. And, you know, as long as you're okay and tuck you in. And who loves the pastor's heart's people? Like, you need that. Like, the pain that this region's had with the loss of those people in that accident, praise God that there are people who sit and will hug us and cry with us and pray with us and comfort us. Amen. Is that true? In, in the pain of this world, we need the pastoral. But part of that has been that it keeps people safe. Or not, not, not in a, overprotected, unchallenged, not missional. We just make like, this guy must have had some sort of thing in play, some mechanism, some system to be able to survive 38 years beside that thing. Like he must have had someone bringing him food, he must have had someone bringing him water, he must have been able to go to the bathroom, there must have been someone that was able to keep him there. It must have had a system, who knows that? He must have had a system and we've created that and that's part of the pool. That's part of what that whole thing is and it just creates, in some ways it can create a victim mentality because, and often it, 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 you know, it's like, because the, the thing of that verse is I don't have a man or a person. I don't have the person like, you know, I didn't get a word off Muzz. I know. What a disaster. And, and believe me, I've, I've known the pressure of that. Like two weeks ago I was in a church, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but I understand where they're coming from. So, uh, so I, and I thought I did really well. I thought I preached really well. I thought I know the Lord was with me. Yeah. Good. All you preachers know, you know when you nail it, hey, don't you? And you know when you... This, I've tanked. Oh, please, please let this finish. Let the rapture happen now, Lord Jesus. Come on. 
you know, come on, you all know, even in your prayer, you know when you're doing it, and it's, it's, it's right. And I had words to people, and I thought, wow, that's awesome. And then I handed over the microphone to the pastor, and he took it, and then he sort of wound up, and I thought, okay, this is great. And they'd already sort of from the front row going, keep going, keep going. I'm like, oh, okay, um, this is not the 35-minute window, you know, what's going on? We must be having revival. <laughs> they let me go to 45 minutes, and then I hand it over, and then he gets up, and it's not a criticism, it's just what happens. He says, look, if you've come and you're hungry and you need a word from Mars, Mars is going to stay and whoever wants a word, he will give it to you. A hundred and fifty plus people later. <laughs> that's, you do something. You do that to me sometimes. No, I forgot. No, that's not wrong. Not wrong, Tony, okay? But it's the mentality of the man. Unless I have a word for you, you haven't really had a word today. That's not even God. Are you hearing me? Okay, so that's... And we were in that model, and it's got, you could do church history, you can see, you know, that, you know, the temple was replaced by the church, and that we had this gathering thing, and a, a pulpit, and the whole, everybody, everybody faces this way, while one person faces that way, and you all sit there, and hopefully you will all remember whatever was said, and that you could just repeat it. This is kind of a pool and you're waiting for the stirring now I'm not saying it's wrong it's just old perhaps we're going from an upgrade who knows horses are not bad they're awesome in fact it's actually what you know who has a horse here probably there's a few of you have one got horses you know Amen. We can smell you. <laughs> you know, those horse people? That, that hair gets everywhere. And can you see that? And in fact, it's like an elite thing now. It's, not, it's a status. It's actually awesome. But do you know what I mean? Like, it didn't take long for my grandfather to very quickly morph from the horse to the motorcycle if you really wanted to get something done and now there's the quad and they keep upgrading that and upgrading that and upgrading that and upgrading that is that true you know like pastor was saying that just down here where there's a big uh development happening i asked him about that that they had a horse sitting eating grass on a $6 million block of land. The $6 million horse. So you're hearing me about that. But I want you to go to Ezekiel. Forty-seven. In Ezekiel 47, all through Ezekiel, that part of it, it it's... We're participating in 
Ezekiel having this massive vision, this huge download of a new temple, a temple that's much greater and much bigger than the one that he knows of. This is like the up, up, upgrade. Who knows that he was probably looking at the church? But this was different. And in Ezekiel 47, it talks about this stream. He brought me to the front door, back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold. The temple, from the temple to the east and the front of the temple, it went, you know, it goes on. So there's this flow of water that comes out, then turns a corner, then turns another corner, and then it starts to flow. And it starts to get, you know, I'll paraphrase, you all know it. Who knows Ezekiel 47? And it starts to get deeper and deeper and deeper the further away it goes from the temple. You know, it goes ankle deep, knee deep, and you probably all the front rowers preached on all of that. True? I just want to put this to you. That the Lord, I really believe this. That the Lord is taking the church from a pool to a river. Come on. But the con- so it's really clunky because we kind of know the pool. But then to do a river is a completely, what's this? What's this that wherever we go, wherever we go, which is one of the big statements of the New Testament, go and preach the gospel and make disciples of all men, even to the utter ends of the earth. Is that true? Okay, so it's not about gathering anymore. It's about sending. Amen. So it's, it's literally like this. And I've been working with churches and things like this. So I'll give you an example. So, so again, like that medical um, reliance health that I do consulting to. And I call, I actually called Julie, who was their CEO. The, she started off as the receptionist. Now she owns it. Hang around with me, man. <laughs> now she owns it. And um, she, so... She's got all these doctors and uh, so what's so I start discipling there and start working with the doctors and stuff like that. And my see the pool mentality in me was this. Oh wow, imagine if I could get a imagine even if I could get one of these doctors in here, the tithe would solve a few problems. <laughs> if I get three of them, now there's 26 of them. Oh man. What could we do? And the Lord stomped on me. Like wrong motive. Who knows that's wrong motive, straight up. But it's like Mars, like the river is about helping Julie disciple and instead of trying to get her to bring them to you, why don't you give and send the power outwards and the gospel outwards? And do you know what I mean? So it's like Reliance is an extension service. Are you hearing me? There's another uh, platinum electrical. I don't know if they have one here. They've got them all over the place. He he was literally one guy in a van. Now he has about 500 vans around the country doing electrical. And it's the same. So I call him Pastor Josh. Pastor Josh, how's it? And he's like, what? But he has a staff of about 450 people who I'm helping he and his wife how to disciple and pastor that company so the church where he attends I, I and we've talked about this do you understand that you have an do you know that you've got a church plant of about 400 people and that's just the uh, let alone the families out from that 
he probably has an extension service of about a thousand people. And what's really exciting is that probably 80% of them don't know Jesus. Now, that, who knows that's a church service? Who knows that's crazy? But to me, that's the river. Kinda. Are you hearing me? So it's like, because instead of just one person getting saved, if you read through this, if you read in, in Ezekiel 47, is that wherever the river went, whatever it touched was healed. And, you, and I'm, not, I'm probably repeating a lot of prophetic things that have been said in our nation and a lot of stuff that's been said, and this is probably one of them, that we will see, and I say an amen to it, and I've prophesied over that, that you will see more miracles outside your church than in it. Who's heard that before? Who's actually believed for that? Amen. I pray that all the time, and I step into that all the time. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's more happening out there. Is that true? Come on. But see, we as church leaders have to really change it because otherwise we're just going to have, we're going to build London and not LA. Amen. (laughs) Front row, darling. That's it. are you hearing me so it's for us we all freaking out you know and I think the Lord gave us a bit of a uh, a trial during COVID let's just shut down church and see how you do it like when you can't gather I was so excited during that because I'd already had this I'm like oh here we go here we go we get to not gather now we've got to figure out a way and we did it in fact we did it within 10 days didn't we oh yeah and we were still doing it. Like, you're still streaming, you're still streaming, we're all still streaming, and, and, but we're still freaking out. But they're watching the stream. They're not coming in. So now even some churches, oh, we won't do the, we'll film it, but we'll put the stream out on Wednesday night. So who's that? Oh, that's, there we go. Do you know what I mean? So that they still, and I get that because that's the, because people still, and we've trained them that way, to operate in the pool paradigm and not the river. And so even I feel like I am maybe a prototype of a pastor that pastors everybody, but in completely different contexts all the time. Do you know? Like we were at a place and the guy who was playing the music was amazing. He, had, he, he really had a heart. Like this was his thing. So we, we waited. We were the last ones there because, you know, Mary Lynn talks so much. And it's like, it's <laughs> <laughs> so we had to let her, we let her preach to us and, and then that was good. And then we got to talk to An- Andrew. And I said to him, like, mate, this is your thing. Do you understand that? And he's like, yep. Do you know it's God? Oh, well, I had to do 24 years of practice. Yeah, but who gave you the fingers and toes, you know? It's like, you know, the pushback? I love it when they do that. Because they're not, they don't understand. You're prophesying. You don't, they don't understand that. 
And I said, man, you should do church. I said, you're sitting in here. You're like, you're sitting there and 14 people are eating and talking while you're singing. We could put you in front of 200 people that would sing with you. It's cool, isn't it? So you got a better gig than any person that played anywhere. And I tell you what, if Andrew came this morning and he, he was in this, not saved, but we put him in the river, he's going to get saved. <laughs> Who knows, if you're a blubber and mess, like, oh man, I, feel, I don't know if I should be doing this. Like, all I can feel is how sinful I am. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, that's, ex- that's exactly what we want. Uh, so we can set you free of that. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It's like the same thing. It's the same thing as I get the Muslim to prophesy first. Well, he jumped up. He couldn't help himself. He could feel like the umption. It's the river. And who knows the river is crazy, like it goes where it wants. But wherever it goes, it makes things whole and it heals everything. And it's the, see, if, and what it does, it means the activation of the fivefold. The activation of it. Because if you actually read that, it's not like God gave gifts of the, of the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, the teaching and the pastoral to entertain the church. <laughs> that we all come out here and, you know, the apostle talks about what he's believing for, what he has vision for, boom, boom, boom. And we all go, wow, let's see how, what God does with that. And we might give in to that. And, you know, and we'll see how many... How many words and how accurate and whose phone numbers Pastor Muzz can call out? <laughs> I had people prophesy, Muzz, you'll know phone numbers and streets. And I could, let me say that, practice makes permanent. And if I probably went for that, I would do that. But I am no way ever going to do that. And I say that real respectfully for, because I'm not a monkey with a cup. Like, I'll do my tricks and see what you... Yeah. You see, that's the pool mentality. Like, I do... if I, if. I but I get names and I do do that, but that's not, for most times, it's unbelievers. How do you know that about me? Oh, I have a superpower. Is that true? I shouldn't need to have to do that here. But what should happen, because if we're here, and you've got apostolic leaders, you've got evangelists here, you've got, you know, pastoral things, there should be this by osmosis you're affected by that, you should just have an upgrade in your seeing, in your hearing, in your dreaming. Is that true? And so if anything, and we're going to do some stuff this afternoon to equip you so that you'll all, all of you are going to get three words. But if you think you're going to get them from me, because we've got to create... Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's no longer entertaining people anymore. But it's actually that uncomfortableness of throwing you in the river. You know? Not, you know, I learned to swim like my, my dad. My dad was born in prison. 
So you can imagine him giving swimming lessons. We were given floaties, praise God for them, and thrown into a pool. And, you know, and guess what? We could swim within a few seconds. But he was there. True? He was there with us. And so we swam until we could swim really well, you know. So when we got to school, you know, you had the groups. I don't even know if they're allowed to do this anymore. You know, it went from the stones to the dolphins. Some people were tadpoles. Some people were frogs. Some people were fish. Who were the stones? There's a stone there. There's a stone there. You just think. Are they allowed to do that anymore? Oh, they still do it like that. It's just that disgust. You're a loser. So. But you hear what I'm saying? It's like, let's get you in it with someone who knows exactly what they're doing so that you can do it. So that you can do it. Do you know? So it's like, are you excited, Pastor, or all these business guys that are planting churches for you in your church? Thank you, Jesus. Hey, they all got that, all doing that. Amen? Do you understand that, that I'm not saying that, I believe this, that believers will gather. We can't help ourselves. If you love Jesus, you've got to love his church. Is that true? You can't, like, if people say, I love God, but I don't love church, nah, you don't love God. That's just not true. If you love Jesus, you're going to love his bride. Is that true? Yes. Just that she's not perfect. She's not meant to be perfect. Jesus is the perfect one. Yes. <laughs> so we've got to get to that stage where we're not looking for the man, but we're looking for mentors. We're looking, and that language is kind of here. Can you see it? But we're still figuring out how to negotiate it. Amen. Yeah. That's okay while we figure out what church looks like, you know what it looks like in the future, it's going to be crazy. Like my son, like who's a great preacher and wants to do all that, he's been through some very big challenges in his life. And, but he, he gathers young adults into a house, they have a dinner, and this is what they do. And the thing's it's growing, but all they do is this. What's the worst thing that's happened this week? And what's the best thing that's happened this week? And we will pray for both of those. Yes. Eh, that's it. Sometimes they prophesy, sometimes they just pray, sometimes they come. Can you see how the pastoral thing, the evangelistic thing, how all of that, and the whole, all of them in a big, noisy thing, and all Joseph does is referee that and make sure everybody has a fair go. (laughs) Not that dominating person. And he's... Like, it's been amazing to see how much joy that's brought back to him and the transformation that's happening. See, the big thing, I believe, the, one, the big hall markers of church going forward, and what time, what time are we having a, gone to the toilet? <laughs> oh, we've got 10 more minutes. Is, is <laughs> hang on. <laughs> you right, Tony? Okay, knees together. 
is is churches because it's kind of been the same. If you travel, if you travel like I do, like hundreds of churches and um, they're all the same. The chairs are the same, the black curtains, the multimedia, the, the playlist, it's the same. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just become... Oh, I just don't want to say what I want to say. Do you know what I mean? But... No, I'm not going to say it. You understand? That's why women should be quiet in church. (laughs) Calm down, ladies. Okay, that was a joke. That just proves something right there. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Is it's very interesting. Okay, there's a guy called. There's a guy called Dark Child, who's a born-again believer in Los Angeles, who is, uh, if you're in music, you, you have heard of him. Dark Child is the producer who did Michael Jackson's Thriller album. So he's, if the who's who, he's the, he's the ear that runs through some of the most, and I can't, I'm not that into music, but if, if they've toured the world, Dark Child has been the production person that's done that album. And... A young guy showed me him being interviewed by other music people. He's a big black guy and um, dark child. Amen. Can you say it? Oh, sorry. Anyway, is um, he was asked, you know, like, what's going on? You know, like, you, like he was sharing how his creativity was created in the church. That's where he first heard music, that's where he first was captivated by music, and where he, listen to me, his ear was trained. And he says, the church that I was in a certain part of Los Angeles, what did he say? It was like a black gospel, blues, jazz feel to it. Very unique to its church. Are you hearing me? And they said to him, wow, that's amazing, mate. Well, that's... that." This is what they said. This is what unbelievers said to him. So what's happened to church music? What's happened to gospel music now? Because the church is about three cycles behind whatever the world does. So we still sound like Coldplay. <laughs> Some of you don't know. <laughs> yeah, the younger people are laughing. That's interesting. See, they're laughing. I'm, yeah, that's pretty... Are you hearing me? Whereas before, we were cutting edge and every church had its sound. It had its sound and its uniqueness and its definition of the presence. Its definition of how we express ourselves to the Lord. And they said, what happened? Now, this is what he said, not what I'm saying. He says, what killed it? He said, the megachurch. The megachurch says, this is how you do it. This is how you do a pool. You want to gather people? You want to gather people in great numbers? Do it like this. I was glad this morning. I sang, well, I sang songs I don't know. Isn't that good? Hey, I sang songs I'd never heard before. Amen. Are you hearing me? 
See, and I just use that example. It's like, do you understand that the world is like, in some areas, way more progressive and crazy? Do you understand that now because of like iPad and like uh, YouTube and that now kids, like you can't make money as a musician selling albums anymore. Yeah, you can't, you can't, they can't. But what they've done is this, this massive diversity out there. Like there is genres of music that you don't even know of that have these little fan bases and these little people that are following them and they're crowdfunding them and they're, they're doing it away from the big machine of iTunes and um, Spot, yeah, all those platforms because you can put your song up on that but you make make any money. They'll make the money but you just get the exposure. Amen. Amen if you stream your service. Go for it. But it will just give you the exposure so that, ah, oh, okay, I kind of click with that. And maybe I click a few more times and then I might make an inquiry. Are you hearing me? It's how we've got to learn to be in the river. And the more you become you, the more become your expression of Jesus. I'm not talking about new age. I'm not talking about... Uh, that but do you, do you know what I mean do you like how our voice is all different our eyes are different our fingerprints are different that uniqueness that quirkiness that makes your church who it is and why it is that you are in that community it's not to be another planet shakers it's not to be another it's you are you hearing me and that's what so wherever you go you carry and you can bring the gospel to them where they are at are you hearing me and how who knows it's going to be messy i know that it'll be messy it'll be chaotic it'll be a bit crazy but that's okay because it's, i know it's the lord is that true and we just have to figure out other ways of using our buildings which we are figuring out how to do that so if i really believe with the river we could probably have church every night Is that true? Might have a different expression. Might be a completely different crowd on a different night. You know? It could be the leadership one. It could be the pastoral one. It could be the prophetic one. Well, I don't know if I'd even go to that one. <laughs> you know, that'd have shafars and banner people and fairy dust and feathers and... And I'm not knocking that, but that, do you know what I mean? There might be the deep teaching night. And I don't know. What was that? <laughs> food night. Oh, food night. Who'd come to that? <laughs> Amen. So can you see what's going on? So can all the senior leaders please stand up? If you're a pastor, you're a senior leader, or you lead something, all the senior pastors, oh, awesome, hey. Awesome, wonderful, wonderful. Amen. 
So, Father, I just, just put your hands out. Not up to out. Yeah, that's it. Father, they're going to give them a download of what success is. <laughs> to, to not measure themselves by themselves, who does that is a fool. But Father, I think for success, success, we say like, 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 the, like those guys did to David, success, success, success. This is really interesting, you know, like God's going to give you the key, keys. I see the keys of David coming to you. The keys of David, it's a very interesting, it's almost like a mystical thing. No one really is sure what that means because it's written only twice and what it means. But I'm just going to say it over you, that God's going to give you the keys of David. I do know this, David knew how to knit people to his heart and he knew how to knit people to the presence of God. So Father, I just pray the keys of David in their hands and a new definition of what success is. fella in the middle with the blue shirt you had to check what you were dressed in pastor that's awesome <laughs> there's evangelism on you there's a download of that it's going to be like this emphasis around your ministry and what you do and who you are see sometimes we want to just be the pastor and that's a huge thing see even when I took my church I had to say listen do you know I'm a prophet and you want me to pastor you're going to have to let me loose. I've got to do the church, not our church. True? An evangelist, you've got to let me. You've got to let me reach people. You've got to let me do it. You've got to at least, the very least, let me do an altar call every service. At the very least, you've got to let me do some outreach. You hear what I'm saying to you and over you? God's going to give you strategies to reach, preach, to reach and to preach people who have never heard the gospel, mate. Even in our nation, even in our nation, God's going to bring you to people that don't know God at all. Don't even have the, don't even know what prayer is. They've got no idea. I can see God taking you to those people in Jesus' name, and you are going to have fun. Well, that's there you are. I saw born again you. Then just leak out then under that mo. Hey, <laughs> Father, I bless him. Bless them. Bless them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Who loves your pastor, your leader? Amen. Make sure you give these pastors. You sir, who sir, just stand up again, have a look at them. Have a look at them. Just stand up again, Tony Lara. Let me say something. Give them some money. You got some cash on you. I don't care if it's a dollar. But which one of them stands out to you? Go give them some money. And it's a symbolic thing of honor, symbolic thing of recognition. I just want you to do it. I, I, you hear me? It doesn't matter how much. It's just like, man, I just want to bless you. I believe in you. I'm going to sow into you. It's, it's a seed. It's just a seed. Just a seed. So go have a wee and spend some money. In Jesus' name. What do you want to tell them what to do? Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.